Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I am your co-host, Kathy Gruber. And I'm Jason Mefford. And today we're going to pick up where we left off on a previous episode. We've been talking about why we are resistant to change and some of the things that we can do to actually not be resistant to change. Because, you know, Kathy, I don't know if, if, if you're like me, but I know when I dig in and I am not willing to change, my life usually doesn't go the way I want it to. I'm just stuck in a rut, yeah. right? And so that's one of the reasons why we're talking about that. Because again, you might be feeling that way too. Uh, you know, you feel like it's Groundhog's Day, you get up, you do the same thing every day, you know, you hear, <laughs> you hear Sonny and Cher every morning when you when you hit your uh, hit your alarm. So, so let's get in and we'll, we'll talk more about because again, this is a continuation of a previous uh, episode. So on the first episode, what were the ones that we talked about? So in case they missed it, they can uh, go back and go back. listen. Yeah. So we talked about our brain and how, you know, we just are wired to be a little resistant to change. Uh, it's just, that's just how our brain is. It looks for danger quicker than it looks for happiness and joy. So talked about our brain. We talked about just plain stubbornness, which you and I don't have at all. Nope. Uh, we talked about secondary gain, which is getting some sort of very subconscious, unconscious reward for staying in a situation or or uh, method that you're already using. We talked about habit with me and that silly iced tea jug. And uh, today we're gonna talk about just a couple more of those. So all right, excited so to dive in. So let's jump in. Cause I, I know one of them that we had mentioned before is fear. Yeah. Right, that pe people are afraid uh, afraid of change. So, so what's, what, is, what does that mean? How do, how do we kind of over, overcome that? Yeah, I mean, it could be fear of anything, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of the unknown, fear of judgment, you know, what are other, oh, what are other people going to think? And I think so much of that goes back to that sort of tribalism that we had before of, you know, we wanted to fit into our little village, we wanted to fit into that pack of people that we formed. And so if we start to do something in a different way, what if they judge us? What if they don't like us? It's all those what ifs. Uh, you know, I love the using the acronym of fear of false evidence appearing real. You know, unless you're in a serious physical threat situation uh just like in the you know the last episode about this we talked about the story of me getting the irs thing that said delayed and i went into this whole panic oh my god what is it it just meant delayed <laughs> like we could create these these tales about all this fear and what's so fascinating as we go through these and they're, is they're so interconnected you know the the influence of other people and sometimes we're stuck because of fear and their secondary gain and you know there's no real just one thing that causes us to not change. But those fears of, you know, if you don't try that new thing, well, you can't fail. If you don't try that new thing, well, then you can't succeed. And then you don't have the pressure of that. You know, it's just so much easier and so much less threatening to sit exactly where you are and not step out of that comfort zone and try something new. So I think that's where fear and the resistance to change comes in. Well, and I want to pick that up a little bit because, you know, most of the time when we think about fear, we think about the negative side of it right like well if i if i do this and i fail right then then we attach some sort of meaning to that yeah. but but the fear of success <laughs> is one that a lot of times people don't really think about is that you know if i do something new i might succeed and if I succeed what is that going to mean well maybe I'm become a different person 
if I become a different person, I might outgrow some of the relationships that I currently have. I might have to show up as a different person, right, than, than what I was doing before. And so, so the fear of success, and, and I've seen this from so many people, mm -hmm. right, like trying to grow their business or yeah. move forward in their career, is they say they want to do it, but they're afraid of the changes and of having the success. Yeah. Well, and to that point, even further, if you succeed, if you you, know, you say, okay, I'm going to write that book, I'm going to write that, I got to do it, I got to do it, I got to do it. And then you write the book, then everybody goes, oh, what's your next book going to be about? And you suddenly go, oh, shit. And there's suddenly all this pressure to keep performing, to outdo yourself. That's a lot of pressure. I know I've done that. I was like, I have eight books now. And after every book, the question that everybody asks is, what's your next book? It's like, good Lord, I just finished this one. You know, there's this constant, luckily my Capricorn appreciates that, but there's this constant pressure. Like once you succeed, what if you then fail after succeeding? That's even worse than just failing in the first place. So I think there's just so much pressure that we build up. And again, from outside people, and we'll talk about outside forces in a second. Um, but I think there is that success, uh, that, that fear of success. And we don't often think about that. Or it's the, well, I don't really deserve that. And, you know, oh, I don't deserve to have that. I don't deserve to succeed. I don't deserve to make that kind of money. Uh, I'm embarrassed to have that kind of wealth, whatever it is, you know, and again, so much of that is programming, 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 programming. And, you know, I, I, that comes from our parents, from our teachers, from how we were raised, you know, this idea of deserving something. Um, and, you know, we set people up for that failure and it's so hardwired into our brain. I remember I had friends visiting and their mom was with them and I said, hey, why don't we all go? kayaking that would be so much fun just in the harbor it'd be so much fun and the mom goes oh, i'd probably fall in and drowned wow from kayaking wearing a life jacket life okay <laughs> but it wasn't oh that would be fun or you know it wasn't oh that's too physically hard for me or oh it's too hot it was i'll probably fall in and drowned that's immediately where her brain went um she was just hardwired to be more negative than the average person and she never stepped out of her comfort zone and tried anything because of that kind of fear it was a really limited life and it was really unfortunate to watch because there were so many things she said she wanted to do but never did because this fear was holding her back yeah, yeah so fear definitely does hold most of us back again fear of failure or even the fear of success yeah uh, because like you said it's it's um just another one of those things for you to start start walking through the loop right mm -hmm. on well what does that mean and again does it really matter at the end of the day right um because most of the time it doesn't again we're not gonna the choices that we make if we try and we and, and we don't succeed we're not gonna die right right and so again you know just like the lady with the kayak i mean she was going to the far extreme she's thinking yeah. she is gonna die it's like no you're gonna get a little wet and you might right. be a little cold right. but you're wearing a life <laughs> a life we jacket. might laugh at you yeah but <laughs> but you're not gonna die from it right, right. and but but the other side is you know it might be something that is just amazing yeah yeah amazing that that you just find that you love um and you're you're getting you're missing out on that if you don't at least even try absolutely well and here's my advice on that so let's say you have to do this really big scary thing and you do have that fear of change whether it's fear of failure simply fear of the unknown 
Start with something small. Condition yourself to get used to stepping out of your comfort zone. This is why when the, with the trapeze, you don't start with double tucks. You start with a knee hang. You start with a swing. You climb the ladder. You get yourself acclimated as you go. You know, it's not diving into the deep end. It's let's slowly, progressively go in. So if you really seriously have a big fear of change, maybe it's you drive a different route to work tomorrow, or you order something different in the restaurant than what you normally get. You know, start with non-threatening, non-scary things that you can start to get your consciousness used to and your subconsciousness used to doing things in a different way. You know, the, the thing that I, I read about online was, you know, if you cross your arms. This way. Yep. Now cross them the other oh, way. The other way. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> and just you know, even something as simple as that, you know, our we're, it's habit. <laughs> That's the way we've always done it, which is what we talked about in the last one. You know, just try something different and you'll slowly acclimate yourself to accepting those bigger, bigger and bigger changes. And the next thing you know, you'll be doing a double tuck on a trapeze. Well, and those little changes too. The other thing that they do is it conditions you and it provides you with evidence, right? Because that was one of the things we talked about on the last episode too, is has there ever been a time when you tried something new? Yeah. Right. And, and the more times that you're actually trying or changing that, that work positive for you, mm -hmm. you know, the more evidence you're going to have for the other things. And like you said, you've got to do the little things yeah. to get to the bigger things. Yeah. But, you know, the little things along the way lead to the big things. You'll never have the big things if you don't do the little things. So just start, start small. There's a couple of examples. Order something different off the menu go to a different restaurant, order a different wine for dinner, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of these things like that, that the worst thing that's going to happen is you say, I don't really like that one. Okay, well, then right. next time don't order it. <laughs> then you know. Yeah. you know, and you'll never know if you keep ordering the exact same glass of whatever every time you go out. And it makes your life fuller and richer and primes you to be more open to change when it's something bigger. So yeah, that's a great little tip for that. So, okay, so we've got change. Uh, talking about outside forces. This is a really interesting one and this can be very insidious. And so what I meant when I was talking about outside forces is I've seen so many people in relationships um, where their partner's keeping them stuck, where their partner isn't encouraging them to lose the weight or to stop drinking or to be the best they can be because of their fear that, well, boy, if they're thin and happy now, they're going to leave. Or uh, if they're, you know, beautiful and independent, then someone else is going to take them away from me kind of thing. So it's very kind of, I see this mixed in very narcissistic relationship, very controlling relationships or abusive relationships where one partner keeps the other one stuck on purpose out of their fear of losing that control, that relationship, that whatever it is. So that, that can be a very kind of scary and insidious one. And if you're stuck in that kind of situation, you got to find a way to go. Yeah. Well, and, and outside forces too can also be, you know, to where, you know, you, you get to choose what you want to do, uh -huh. right? We all have free will, but a lot of times what we'll do too, is especially if you're very externally or extrinsically motivated, uh -huh. you yep. will look to others right to confirm or help you make your decision yeah. and and so what ends up happening sometimes is you know like that we'll, we'll just take the order and wine right is is you might say hmm you know I, I i think i'd like to try you know i've never tried riesling i don't know i'm just 
throwing mm-hmm. something out here, right? And so maybe you say, well, you know, I've never tried Riesling. I, I kind of like to do that. And maybe you go to some friend or a partner and say, uh-huh. hey, you know what? I've, I've never tried Riesling. I think I'm going to try it. And again, depending on the people around you, some people mm-hmm. would say, why would you want to do that? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. Riesling right? sucks. That doesn't match that meal. It's too I, sweet. It's stupid. I, I don't yeah. like Riesling. Well, you mm-hmm. wouldn't like Riesling, right? And so, you know, a lot of times when we're around people like that, then we end up taking their opinion. And so it, it pulls us back because we, then we start questioning ourselves like, well, yeah, I guess, why would I, why would I want to do Riesling then? Right. I mean, if, if, if it's a white, doesn't everybody drink Chardonnay and that's really the only one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yuck. Please. No, (laughs) I'm going to rebel against that immediately. (laughs) But, you know, you know, you look at that. And, and so, like you said, sometimes you start having the courage to want to change or decide that you want to change, but then you get somebody else's opinion and they shoot you down. And so that's, that's why, you know, sometimes people say, look, it's better not to necessarily, unless you have people in your life that are really supportive of whatever you yep. want to do, sometimes it's better to just go do it mm-hmm. and not get somebody else's opinion. Yeah. And there's a huge fear of loss when you start to change. I mean, if you spend every weekend with the guys getting shit faced in the bar and you decide one day that you want to stop drinking, uh, the friends aren't necessarily going to be supportive of that because you're breaking up the group and you're changing and you're, it, you might have to get new friends. You might have to find new people that are a different sort of influence on you. Um, let's flip this. I'll tell you a time we'll talk about a good outside influence and change. So, you know, we talk about all the time how I do trapeze. I've been doing trapeze for like nine years and I was at the trapeze rig in Las Vegas, which is not my home rig. I was visiting, but I know the owner and he watched me do one of my tricks and he said, wow, Kathy, that was really good. Your swing is really strong. Why don't you try a double? And I went, oh no, I I thought that was completely out of my realm. Like I never would have gone to anybody and said, I want to try this. Mm -hmm. It was a little too scary for me. And he goes, at least give me a one and a half. So the next two days later, I show up, he teaches me how to do it. I do a one and a half and I did it and I caught it and it blew my mind. So when I got back to my home rig, one of the guys who works there had seen my one and a half and he goes, Hey, you know, it's time for you to try a double. Had these guys not seen that something in me that I didn't see in myself, had they not believed in me and encouraged me to do that, I never would have tried it. So in that way, it was me trusting their expertise and me listening to them and going, yeah, you know what, what the hell I'm going to do? I'm in safety lines. There's a net. Am I going to get hurt? Probably not. I'm going to try that thing. And that to me, I mean, as silly as it sounds, it kind of changed my life to one, have those guys believing in me and now me being able to do something that I never thought that I would be able to do. So in that way, listening to those positive outside influences encouraged me to do something way out of my comfort zone. And I'm so glad I'm doing it. Still haven't caught the double. I'm working so close. But, uh, you know, it's it's something that I, if I never catch it, I'm still doing a freaking double. You know, it's just so exciting to me. Well, this is one of those things too, you know, for everybody that's listening, um, probably a good thing for you to do this week would be to kind of assess some of the people that are around you. Yeah. Are the people that you're hanging out with most of the time, are they discouraging you? Are they negative? Are they holding you back from some of the changes that you want to do? Or are they the people who are supportive, who are encouraging, 
um, because again, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons why, you know, like we said, these outside forces, if you're having trouble changing, one of those reasons could be is the people that you're surrounding yourself with, the people that you're hanging out with most of the time yeah. are also resistant to change and they are trying to hold you back. Yeah. And so sometimes for you to be able to change, sometimes you have to change some of those relationships. Yeah. And again, that can be a scary thing that gets back into our fear and everything else. But really, mm -hmm. you know, it comes down to you having to decide, do I want to stay stuck where I am in the pain or the fear or whatever else it is that you're feeling, you know, that's wanting you to grow and move forward? You know, which one is better? You yeah. want to, you want to stay where you're at, or do you want to go where you want to go? And sometimes again, those choices might mean having to get different friends. You know, like yeah. you said, with the with the guys going out and getting shit-faced every, every weekend, right? It's mm -hmm. like, if you decide, and I've seen this from a lot of people that I know, mm -hmm. you know, where drinking has been a very big part of their life. And then they decide, you know what, either I want to, I want to quit completely, or I want to cut it back to just yeah. socially drinking or maybe a drink or two a week. Well, you're going to, you're going to have to extricate yourself yeah. from those people that want you to stay exactly where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and taking people's input with a grain of salt, when I was traveling to Egypt and Jordan, I had so many clients who were terrified. They came from a very big place of fear. Why would you do that? That's dangerous. You're going to get killed. You're never coming back. Don't call me for ransom money. Da, 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 da. And I heard this from like, literally I had clients say horrible things to me. And I had to recognize that was coming from their place of fear. I didn't have anybody that was like, us need have fun. It was either you're never coming back, you're going to get killed, or, oh my God, I've been there. You're going to have the best time. And I got to choose who I listened to. And I have to say, because I had so many clients constantly, you know, putting in my brain, this is scary. You're never coming home. I went with quite a bit of trepidation and it was tough for me to listen to my own inner dialogue of, am I seriously making a bad choice and going? Like, is this actually physically, intrinsically dangerous? Or am I now being so influenced by these outside forces that I'm starting to feel nervous about something I don't need to feel nervous about? And I finally decided to go. There was no threat. I, it was one of the most incredible trips of my life. And, you know, you have to, it's sometimes it's so hard to distill down what is good advice and what is really bad advice. And because I trusted those guys at the trapeze rig, I tried a one and a half. You know, if somebody I didn't know was like, "Ah, hey, you should do this thing, jump off that cliff. You know, use your, use, you know, think with your guts there, folks. But, you know, really, like you said, sit down and who who is influencing you? I remember there was this, uh, you put yourself in the center and then you do these like concentric circles out and the most supportive people that you trust, you put in that inner circle. And then as they get maybe a little more negative or not as supportive, you put them outer in the circle and then you, having that visual really helps you think, you know, who do I want to rely on for advice? Who do I want close to me? And those people on that outer ring who maybe aren't being very supportive, maybe you just love them from a distance. Maybe you limit how much time you spend with them or what kind of conversations you have with them, what you share. Yep. Very yeah. true. Very yeah. true. Because yeah, a lot of, a lot of times you're not changing because it's the people that you're hanging around with. Yeah. A huge one. Yep. yep. And the last one, just plain lazy. <laughs> lazy? What do you mean? 
nobody's lazy. No, nobody's lazy. No, that's why, you know, you haven't cleaned out the garage and you're still wearing underwear that's just a waistband. And, you know, <laughs> It's just you've got all yeah, these visuals yeah. going through my head right now <laughs> i mean maybe you're not cleaning the kitchen in that underwear i don't know but it's like you know yeah you stop at target you get a pack of underwear but it's ah i gotta get in the car i gotta ah you know sometimes it just seriously is we just don't feel like doing that thing change is hard even little changes like going to cvs and buying a freaking pitcher um you know so sometimes it's just we just kind of get in this cycle of i don't want to do that thing just because it seems like it might be a little bit hard. And at that point, you just have to pull the trigger and do it. I mean, there's there's no trick to that. You just at some point have to get off the couch and go do that thing. And this is where I like having other people influence. Maybe it's, hey, you know, I gotta go shopping. I keep putting it off. Do you wanna run to the store with me? Or, you know what, I'm never gonna do this. Can you go buy me this thing? You know, it's just like in getting the people around you who are supportive to help you get those things off your list. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Well, and if you, and if you feel like, you know, again, that maybe you're, you know, this is something that is, you're just kind of lazy about it. This is another opportunity because it ties in a lot to that secondary gain that we talked about before, you know, is sometimes, sometimes we might even misinterpret us being lazy for some secondary gain that we're getting. Mm -hmm. So as you, as you start asking yourself, you know, some of those things, you'll probably end up finding out that, well, the reason that you're being lazy or feel like you're being lazy is you don't really want it that bad, or there right. is some secondary gain that, you, that, you're, that you're getting instead, right? That's true. And so it's, it's just going through and talking about, because it's not really that hard. I mean, yeah. there, there, there are some people that are just naturally lazy, if you will. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know some people that um i can't do it i'm not one of those people right but there's some people that are just happy to sit around and just watch netflix all day on the couch and you know sleep in and just do everything really slow and that's fine mm -hmm. you know because if that works for them then maybe that's the case right absolutely but again people that are like that usually kind of stay where they're at mm -hmm. right things don't normally change for them and, and again, because change is hard, it takes work, it yep. takes commitment, yep. you know, because a lot of these things that we talked about, like these habits, you know, how many years were you doing the iced tea and the gallon jugs? <laughs> years, <laughs> it was years, right? Yeah, because it worked at the, at the old house, didn't work at the new house, and I kept doing it. Yeah, so, so, you know, so when you look at that, well, if you've had a habit for years, you're not going to break that habit in a couple of days. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's going to take you a month, three months, you know, to do it. So you have to stay consistent. <laughs> it was, it was longer than that for you. <laughs> <Stupid>. uh, <laughs> but, but you have to stay consistent with it, mm -hmm. you know, on, on, if you really want to do it. And again, so if, right. you're, if you're feeling a little bit lazy, again, start asking yourself, well, it is going to take some work. It is going to take some effort. Is it worth the effort? Because, and, and again, if the pain or whatever is not bad enough for you, yeah, then you're going to stay where you're at. Absolutely. I mean, okay. But be, because I've seen this from so many people, they say they want to do things differently. 
but the pain isn't bad enough yet for them mm -hmm. that they're not going to make the change. Yep. But there's going to be some point when the pain of staying where you are yep. is more than the pain of changing. Right. And when that happens, <laughs> go with it. Right. Make, oh, make absolutely. change. Yeah, take that moment. And to something that you said is such a good point, and I deal with it all the time with my clients, is how bad do you actually want that thing? Because every session you tell me you want to stop eating cookies, and every session you tell me you bought more cookies. So I have to question, do you actually want that? You know, is that a value for you? Is that what somebody else is telling you? Because after six months, if you're not making any headway on doing that thing that you say you want, do you actually want it? You know, and I think so often we we say we want to do something and then we're not taking action on it. Maybe we actually don't want to do it. Maybe we did change our mind and we just don't want to admit that. Maybe we're embarrassed to say that we don't want to do that thing anymore. So I think if you find yourself, you know, that same thing every day gets moved to the, to the next day's to-do list, maybe you don't actually want to do it. You know, you have to question yourself on that. Well, and I'm sure you see this, you know, in your hypnotherapy work that you do as well, right? There's there's people that come in. I mean, the commitment is there. If, if you want the change, hypnotherapy will give you the change. But if you come in and you say that you want the change, but you really don't want the change, then it's not going to work for you. Right. And so as an example, somebody that I know, you know, went in uh, for two, for two things, right. I want to quit smoking and I want to lose weight. Okay. Totally understand that, right? I mean, those are two of the biggest things that people use hypnotherapy for, right, yep. as well, okay? So went in, did, did two sessions, one session on quit smoking, one mm -hmm. session on losing weight. Quit smoking, boom, done, no problem. Yep. Losing weight, not working. So, because the reason is, right, is this person had already decided that they're no longer a smoker and they're just right. using hypnosis to confirm and program what they already know they want. Right. Now, for some reason, the weight, there's some deeper identity issue that they have yeah. not let go of that they continue to, and they have not made the decision to be someone you know healthy and fit yep. there's some identity still attached to being overweight there's a mm -hmm. secondary gain to it there's an identity related thing so no matter how many you know hypnosis sessions this person would go to no matter how much they try to do something the weight is not going to come off right. until they really want the weight to come off Yep. And I'm sure you've seen that over and over again. Yep. And quite honestly, this is one of the reasons why I will not do weight loss hypnosis. It is way too hard. It's years. It's it. This is not a, I mean, it is a tough one. It's also so hard to see the progress on that. Yeah. And most people don't, don't, there's some secondary gain yep. for being overweight. Yep. Or it has nothing to do with the weight. It has to do with the comfort or I'm you know, protecting myself or it's not a sugar addiction. It's a comfort thing or it's a when my dad had enough money, he'd bring home cake. And now I look at sweets as a way to reassure me that everything's OK. I mean, it's such an issue. I've had I've had a couple of clients come for sugar addiction only to discover after about 15 minutes. There's nothing to do with sugar. 
It has to do with all this other stuff. It is so hard to unpack all that. And you're right, you have to be ready to do it uh, because hypnosis is not magic. You still have to take the steps. I'm going to program you to not smoke, but if then you go to a party and go, I'm sure I can just have one and you reach for the cigarette, yeah, it just doesn't work. So yeah, cool. We covered a lot of great stuff. So we talked about it just being our brain, all those different fears, being just plain stubborn, having that secondary gain, meaning you're somehow getting a benefit from staying stuck. Those outside forces, which could be good or bad influences, that just being a habit, pouring iced tea into a pitcher versus (laughs) a, so stupid, and just being just plain lazy. (laughs) So, and we give you some good usable tips. Those are the reasons, the big reasons why we tend to stay stuck and resistant to change. And uh, this was great. I love these two episodes. Great. Well, yeah. And so, you know, take a takeaway for you again, we we gave you a lot of different tips and ways to get through it. You know, probably one of the first things is to have an honest conversation with yourself. Yep. Do you really want to change? Mm Mm-hmm. And if you do, we've given you some tips for exactly how you can do that. If you don't really want to change, then don't. Which is fine. Which is fine. Just keep going, you know, keep doing what you're doing. At some point in the future, when you decide that you want to change, then start implementing some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Because because again, like, yeah, because again, unless you want the change, you're not going to have the change. Yeah. And, and so there's going to be all these different things that we keep, you know, that we've been talking about. You will find an excuse until you really want the change. Absolutely. Yep. I love it. All right. Everybody go out, try something just a little bit different this week. Doesn't have to be a huge thing. Just a little bit of change will help get you on the path to bigger changes. So I am Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Fire Earth Podcast. See ya.